You know, I think after a time like this morning, um, how can you not but feel full, right? Um, and if you're not feeling full, don't feel in the condemnation. I'm trusting that as we share the word this morning that you're going to leave here feeling super full. But I know a lot of you coming into this morning might have been feeling like super, uh, super thin. Um, on the way back from last weekend, we were teaching Jude or prepping him for his Afrikaans test. Uh, he's learning Afrikaans uh, intensiva forum words. <laughs> And uh, obviously, it's quite new to him, so he's a bit um, thing. But one thing that stuck out to me was that one about uh, um, it's rit skral. Isn't that a great word, skral? And I think some of us have been feeling a little bit skral. You know, if you're not Afrikaans or Afrikaans challenged, that's a reed. You know, just feeling like like you're this thin little reed in the wind, uh, all alone. You know, and. You know, the words that have been coming out over the last while for this community have been words like abundance. It's been words like fruitfulness, harvest, uh, multiplication. And so those are the words that are coming out over this community and being spoken out. But the reality is sometimes different. And um, I just want to speak into that a bit this morning, that reality, what we're experiencing is not necessarily true reality. The promises of the Lord... The promises of salvation um, is the true reality. That's the mirror that we need to look into. The reality of the gospel, of our inheritance, of the promises that have been spoken over our lives. And um, when we stop looking in that mirror and we start looking at the situations and the circumstances around us, that's when we end up feeling like that rit scroll, right? So I'm trusting that you're going to feel full uh, after this morning. Um, the title of my message is The Display of His Splendor because that's what we've, that is our inheritance, friends. That is what we have been designed to do. It's what's in our DNA to be the display of His splendor. And so I've done a little, a little picture here um, just as a, a visual representation. Um, and this, comes, this picture, I'll read it now, it comes from Isaiah 61 and I want to read that. Um, it's speaking about, this is a, a, a book on salvation, and it's entitled The Year of the Lord's Favor. And friends, we are living in that. We are living in the year of the Lord's favor right now. Uh, and this speaks about me. It speaks about you right now. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of the oil of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair they will be called oaks of righteousness oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Friends, that is our inheritance. That We are a planting of the Lord, not a planting of yourself. You're not a self-made man or woman. You are a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. And so it's in our DNA to shine. But how do we do that? You know, you can't if you're feeling like this and you said, like, no, shine for the world. Put on a display of the, the mighty, glorious acts of the Lord. It feels it's, it's impossible. 
you feel like, how can I do that? And the reality is that we can't push out fruit. None of this can be, can you guys see there? A little bit. Um, we can't push fruit out. A tree just happens, it grows on its own, right? Because of what it's connected to. And so the very good news is why you can be a display of his splendor is the fact that you are a recreated being. It's not old Steph, Steph that used to be. You're a brand new recreated being. In Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, it says, In Christ, you are a new creation, made in the very image of Christ. And the, the word there, new creation, the, it's kainos being. You are a kainos being. And kainos means new in kind, new in substance, species, different. Something that's never been seen before. You're not a improved. We've spoken about this a lot, uh, many times from the front. You're not an improved new version of what you were. And now you're behaving well to try and be a better, a better person. You are a completely brand new, never been seen before creation. And that's why we get to exude the Spirit of God. Because that's what he's, he's inside of us. You know, C.S. Lewis in his book, The, the Weight of Glory, talks about how unbelievably marvelous you are as a new creation. And he says, um, he says this in one excerpt, remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person that you talk to, okay, so don't look around now for who that is, but the dullest and mon most uninteresting person that you speak to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, if you saw who they really were, you would be strongly tempted to bow down and worship. Okay, that's the, the nature of the glory that is inside sons and daughters of God. If we could see into the spirit, you would be tempted, only for a moment I hope, because of the glory on them, to actually bow down and worship them. You are an incredibly powerful new creation being. It's not old Bongani. You know, or Lynn, or Phil. It's you are brand new, and you are incredible because you've got the Spirit of the Living God living inside of you. And then it goes on in verse four of Isaiah sixty-one. These amazing creations—they will rebuild the ancient ruins, yo, and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Friends, that's a word that's been spoken over this church, not just for this church. It's a, it's a word that is spoken over those that are in the year of the Lord's favor. That is you. That is our privilege and our um, delight to go out and actually display his splendor and rebuild um, ancient ruins, cities devastated for generations. And friends, that happens because when we get saved, there's an explosion that takes place on the inside of us, on the inside of our beings there is an explosion of power as we are recreated. And I love the, the message in Isaiah 61 uh, going on a bit. This is, uh, the other one was from the um, ESV. It says, I will sing for joy in God, explode in praise from deep in my soul. He dressed me up in a suit of salvation. He outfitted me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom who puts on a tuxedo or a bride a jeweled tiara. For as the birth, uh, earth bursts 
with spring wildflowers, as a garden cascades with blossoms, so the master God brings righteousness into full bloom and puts praise on display before the nations. Friends, we are on display for the nations as his sons and his daughters. Do you know what the, the, the word says in, in Romans 8? It says that the, the whole of creation has been yearning for the sons and daughters to be revealed. The whole earth has been waiting, eagerly expecting the sons and daughters to be revealed because of what they're going to bring with them and to usher in, in, into out of an era of being dominated by sin and usher in a brand new era. And I, I love the Passion Translation of that scripture. It says that um, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe. It's like the whole universe standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of the glorious sons and daughters. And friends, that unveiling has happened. Here we are now. No more waiting. It's time for us to, to be on display. And why can that happen? It's because this mystery, this long, this mystery that was hidden for ages and generations um, has been revealed. Ephesians 3 verse, verse uh, 9 to 10 says, Paul saying, my passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery. It was hidden from ages past until now. It was kept a secret in the heart of God, the creator of all. The purpose was, of this was to unveil before every uh, rank of every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm god's full and diverse wisdom revealed to the church this is god's full and diverse wisdom you his church individual and collective uh, other translations talks about it is a multifaceted wisdom of god the, 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 like from every angle that's why one day when we're in heaven as the angels just keep crying holy holy they keep seeing a new side of his face of his nature it's a multifaceted wisdom of god that gets revealed and that gets revealed through you gets revealed through me do you see what we what our inheritance is that we've been called to versus sometimes what we actually live in to think that you could be the wisdom of god on display for the earth around you And this perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ. So that now we have boldness through him to come and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Friends, this is our time to shine. It's not a time for us to, to feel like a, a thin little reed and to shrink back. It's our time to walk into these words um, from ages past and words that have been spoken over this season to be fruitful and to multiply. But how do we do that? Because in some sense, this should leave you like with a chest as big as whatever, Dwayne Johnson, right? Just with such confidence. And it, it tells us we can come before him like kings with confidence. You know, is that the, is that the right response? Or um, where we boast in ourselves or... Alternatively, is the other response where we come before him and we are over humble and it's like, oh, Lord, 
I'm empty. I'm just this little, this little stick. I'm, I'm nothing. None of those are the right response. We need to find our roots daily. I've just done a little just expand on this picture. Um, our, our roots, we need to come daily into our roots, which is the source of our salvation, which is Jesus. Friends, we need to be rooted in the source because this is where all of our power comes from. This is where our nutrients come from. This is where our, um, our, our sustenance comes from. It comes from the roots. This can't happen unless it's planted um, in the, the salvation of Jesus and that we come back to that daily. That's why Paul prays for us in Ephesians 3. He's praying for, for the Ephesians. He says that, he may grant you to be strengthened with power. We get power when we are rooted in Jesus. Through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with the fullness of Christ. That, look back in that mirror. That is your inheritance. That you be filled with the fullness of Christ. Now, him, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. According to the power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Forever and ever. Amen. Friends, at the very core of our salvation there is a power at the very core and root of our salvation and we can't display the fruit unless we are tapped into the root to be a bit corny but our foundation is Jesus that is the foundation and the manifestation is the wisdom of God the multifaceted wisdom of God is put on display um, as we as we do that and friends, this is our life. This is a picture of our, of our lives as we are on display for the nations. And the power of the gospel means that all of life's questions, all of life's situations, all of the things that you're facing, I'm facing right now, is answered um, because of the, the simplicity of the gospel. Now, that might sound too simple because we're all going through very diverse things. It might seem way too simple, and it actually it is too simple, but it's not when we, when the, when we start to see through the Spirit. All of life's answers are found in the gospel, not in clever words. Um, and the reason for that is that there is an inherent power in the gospel, in the gospel itself. Not how we behave post the gospel, not how we apply the gospel necessarily, but in the gospel itself, there is an inherent power. Um, Colossians 1 verse 6 in the Amplified uh, Bible says, Indeed, in the whole world, that gospel is bearing fruit and is still growing by its own inherent power. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 1 5 also says, For our good news regarding salvation came to you not only in word, but also in its inherent power and in the Holy Spirit. In the inherent power of the gospel. Now, I, looked, I just 
looked up what's the definition of, of inherent. And it, inherent literally refers to something that is stuck into something else so firmly that it can't be separated. Okay? So, as I said, not even necessarily as we apply it, but just in the nature of the gospel, it is stuck in so firmly it cannot be separated. Doesn't that sound familiar? That nothing can separate you from Jesus either. You know, no height, no depth. You have that inherent nature of the gospel. It's stuck in you. It's not something that comes and goes. It's something that's inside of you, deep, deep inside of you. Now, our starting point is the power of, of the gospel. And so that's why Paul in, um, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, comes to the Corinthians and he says to them, And when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. No clever ideas. For I decided to know nothing among you except Christ, Jesus Christ, and Him crucified. And that was quite a terrifying thing for Paul because he's coming to these clever Corinthians and it's just like, what the answers to all of these things, no, no, just Christ crucified. It's, it seems silly, right? Um, and that's why it says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech, and he was scared because it, it didn't, you know, you've got to really rely on that. Is the gospel going to land on the crowd that you're speaking to? Because it seems like such folly to them. Um, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay. Our faith. The very core of our faith needs to rest in the power of God. Otherwise, there's words that come out and you, you, you say, oh, that sounds pretty good. That's quite a nice philosophy I'll, you know, I'd like to adapt to or you know, think. That's not going to hold you up when, you, when you're on your own and you're feeling like this. And if you haven't had an encounter with the power that is in the gospel, um, your faith has nothing to, to, to rest on. That's why it says here, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So when the gospel is preached, there's an inherent power in it that either comes alive in people or it doesn't, right? Um, so that is the foundation. That is, our, that is our starting point. And that's why Christ, he said, I, I wanted to know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. However, he then goes on to say, it's almost like, not slight contradiction, but he's like, he says, yet... In verse 6, among the mature, we do impart wisdom. So he's like, okay, no, but now I'm going to give you wisdom. But that's on the bank of, on the foundation that, of the gospel of Jesus, that you have been uh, separated from sin, that you've been made brand new, and that that is your foundation. He says, okay, now, now that you've got that, okay, that's maturity. Now I've got some secret wisdom to impart to you, which sounds quite, quite interesting. He says, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages. Why? For our glory. So that sounds quite like interesting, like, ooh, secret, hidden wisdom of God. And that's when people that don't have a good 
grasp here and the simplicity can go off and do all weird things and start looking for these like new secrets of all these things that can be discovered. So how do we get that? Because it sounds like we would want that, right? We get that through the Spirit. Again, it comes back to simplicity. In verse 10, um, it says, For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Isn't that amazing? The Spirit of God searches everything to the depths, the very depths, the extremes of, of who God is. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So in other words, the Spirit of God comprehends, He knows, because He's dealt the depths of who God is. Okay? He understands how God thinks. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Isn't that amazing? We have received the Spirit of God not the spirit of this world, who understands the very, very depths of who God is. And why is that? I'm just interjecting here, because the, the scripture continues. It says um, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. So the spirit, have, the spirit has come to reveal to us the things that have freely been given to us by God. Isn't that amazing? It's not this... It's not this ladder climbing. It's like, no, I'm just going to reveal to you the things that have been freely given to you. That's why we've been given the Spirit. That it, he just, the Holy Spirit helps us unpack the gifts of salvation. Friends, from start to finish, it's a gift. goes on in verse 14 to say, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, but you are not a natural person anymore, right? So that's not speaking to you. And he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But we are not natural. Verse 16, for who has understand, understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Who is it that, can be inst that has understood this mind of this incredible creator of the universe? It goes on to say, but we have the mind of Christ. Isn't that incredibly powerful you might not feel like it but friends we need to come back to the mirror of the truth of what has been purchased for you that you have been given the mind of christ that means at any one point filled with the spirit no matter what you are experiencing in life what you are going through you can tap into the spirit of god that has searched the very depths it's gone to the depths of the mind and of christ and we get to uh be with the Spirit and just allow Him to reveal to us these gifts. Reveal to these gifts. Tell us who we truly are. Friends, that means that we are fully equipped to be put on display for the world. This is not something that puts a heavy on you. It's part of your DNA. It's the very thing that you actually tapped into. I wanted to say that all of life's answers can find in the gospel and the wisdom of God. Nothing outside of that. And that sounds like foolishness to the world. Um, Kirsty spoke two weeks ago just talking about how we can't take the gospel and mix with it um, clever philosophies, things of the day, you know, from, 
from this, this angle. I say, I'll take some of this and I'll take some of this. And friends, that's what we do. Um, we wouldn't say we would like to do it, but it's the things that if we're not careful that we do do it. We take the simplicity of the gospel, but that if we haven't connected with its power, we suddenly need to add clever things to make it sound a little bit more appealing and maybe give us something to do. Or um, it just happens without, or it can happen without us even thinking about it. And I think we can't deny the influence of society, of social media, of, of movies, of friends, and, and the, the messages that are being um, sent to us all the time. We end up, if we're not careful, speaking with a bit of an accent. You know, it's like that, that kid at school who speaks with an American accent, and you say to your child, like, oh, is he from America? He's like, no, no, he's born and bred in South Africa. The guy's just been watching too much Disney Channel, right? <laughs> it just happens, and they start speaking with, this, with a new accent because it's what you're exposed to. And friends, I think if we're honest, we all have a measure of that. Um, okay, this is what happens. It's in the sun, and my iPad has said the temperature is too high. <laughs> it needs to shut down. Okay, well, I'm going to have to go from memory then. Um, and so all of the, all of the ideas, uh, sorry, the, the societal issues from um, marriage to um, uh, racial issues, to gender issues, to um, relational issues, social issues, every single answer that this world that is standing on tiptoe waiting because they have been under bondage uh, to, to, creation, uh, to, to sin. Creation itself has been on tiptoe waiting for us to be revealed because the inherent power that is in the gospel gets revealed as the church rises up and displays the wisdom of God. Do you think the answers to this world cannot be found in the wisdom of God? The, the creator who made everything that needs to be sorted out. It's not like, okay, well, that's the church's place. And this is the place for, for politics. And, you know, you can have a contribution, you know. This is the place for science. Okay, church, you can, you can, you do your thing. Science will, I'll do our thing. No, every single area, science needs to be revolutionized by sons and daughters of God that can go into the depths of who he is and find solutions that this world is longing for because there is power in the wisdom of God. Nothing is going to have changed in this world if the church remains quiet and um, remains mute on, on things that are primary and need to be talked about. Um, so, um, for example, okay, marriage. Today, as Helmut said, 23 years ago, I married this unbelievable woman, and um, it's been what a ride, you know. And today we celebrate our union. Right, so yet you look at you look at the foundation of society, which is which is marriage and family. Okay, the very thing that is being destroyed and pulled apart. Sort that one out, and there will be a ripple effect to take care of a host of other social um, um, issues that manifest because of that that ripple effect. Right. Okay, so from the very beginning, from the garden. Um, since since entered the world, you know, it's become about me, me, me. It's become man, woman. And friends, let's be real. Women have got the short end of the stick since sin entered this world. 
and they have been dominated because man rise up and became self instead of dependence on the father and so men have dominated because they just have right and so women have got the short end of the stick and the answer is found in the gospel right because i need to i need to get to my hopefully this uh, powers up after a bit someone can blow on that but i want to read um what <laughs> what um if can you get get for me babe from um from colossians i uh, sorry ephesians i think five um the answer is for is found very simply and you say okay well what is how does the gospel find the solution to 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 that that major issue because and i have to read um ephesians um oh wait I've, I've, i'm back um we're going to be you guys are going to give lots of tithes and offerings and then we're going to get a venue with um that's big enough for us all to meet <laughs> that's outside of the sun um what is the answer to to solve that problem it's how husbands treat their wives right ephesians 5 verse 25 it says husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her isn't that amazing just like just think about it for a moment what christ has done for us before we even deserved anything not out of like oh well you did this your needs my needs you give me what i need i'll you know just think about what you've watched on netflix recently in terms of how people interact and how you know okay now i'm not sure we're compatible anymore or you know um all of these things that that are infiltrate our thinking husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such things that so that she might be holy and without blemish and friends that's what the father did for us he made us without spot or wrinkle or blemish before we even asked for anything you know we love because he loved us first if we understand the power of what the what um Jesus has done for us in terms of creating us these brand new creations what he did for us men is what we supposed to do for our wives right now that might sound like a a bit of a, a tall um a tall order or like oh no it's like you know i need to do 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 no but how did Christ what did he do for you what he's done for you is the place that you rest in and that's how we live that's how we live out from that place um um because i wanted to to just to read the um just to finish here it says therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh we're celebrating our union the same way we are in union with christ we are in one flesh this mystery is profound he says but i'm saying it that refers to christ and the church friends it is a profound mystery what jesus has done for us you know and there's moments where you know we've been going for 23 years there's moments where it's been incredible and there's been tough moments and i promise you the times when it goes incredible 
is when I come back to this place of realizing what Jesus has done for me. Because then it's not my, what happens. My insecurity goes. My need to try and prove myself or feel my sense of my rights and what I, you know, deserve or all of that falls away and I become a loved son. I become secure in the hands of a loving father. And from that place, what am I doing? I'm actually tapping into the power that is inherent in the gospel. That's why Paul could go through hectic things, not because he was the super apostle, because he says, why? Because of this grace of Jesus that works so powerfully in me. So I just wanted to get through that to us this, this morning is that um, this is not a trying thing. It's a falling back into the DNA, into the nature of who Christ is. Because when we fall back into the DNA of who Christ is, and we understand that it's not I that live anymore. I've been bought with a price. It's Christ that lives within me. You know, suddenly your need to be right dies down. You know, suddenly your, your need to wait. Now, this person needs to ask for forgiveness first before I forgive. Or, sheesh, how can I even forgive this person? It becomes a mute question because what Jesus at your core, what does he do? His nature is to forgive. He cannot help but forgive. It's his very nature. He cannot help but love. He cannot help but have grace, have patience, have kindness, uh, long-suffering. All of those things that we read as a fruit of the Spirit. It's not something we have to try and push out on this tree. It's something that as we rest and we realize, like, it's not me that lives anymore. It's his nature that lives through me. It becomes easy. Friends, I had a, a situation at the beginning of this year where it was tough, relationally tough. And, you know, I was right and I was so justified and, 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 and you can go that route. And all it does is bring destruction to people and to yourself, you know. And it got to a point where I was, I came back to this gospel and I was like, Jesus like just coming back to, to that. And as I do that, it stirs up a power inside of me. And then I, I, I came to that revelation. It's not like, should I or shouldn't I forgive this person? I don't have an option. It's not like when they apologize or I don't have an option because it's Christ who has paid for me fully. It's Christ who lives in me. I, don't long, I no longer live. I might feel like I do, but it's Christ that lives through me, as, as, as Paul said. And so it was just like, okay, Jesus, let's forgive this person. And like that, forgiveness flows. I'm not saying it's a one time and then things come and you have to come back to that place. And so the encouragement this morning is to come back daily to the simplicity of the gospel, realizing that in, in itself there is an inherent power, not something that you have to try and conjure up, but something that you can rest and fall back into. Um, because when we do that, it's as if Jesus actually does live through you. And friends, that's why I say it's, it'll, it'll answer the world's problems. Because bring the nature and the characteristic of Jesus mixed with the wisdom of God that has the answers to all of life's issues. Put that on display. And suddenly, this thing that is the church that you thought was a bit of a joke and that the world has made out to be a bit of a joke actually is going to be a display for the nations and we'll, we will bring solutions. So 
I just wanted to, can we stand? Steph, don't you want to just come and play just a little bit in the background? I, I just, I know that many of you are going through very, very difficult situations at the moment where, you know, you end up feeling completely powerless and the, the reality and the, you know, the promise and the reality are so um, juxtaposed in your lives at the moment. So I don't want this just to be words this morning that you... Um, that you hear and it's like okay yes you know you need an encounter with Jesus this morning you need an encounter um, with the power that is resident inside of him for that to bring change and just as we as we respond I you know you might be struggling at the moment with a relational issue you know you might need to be uh, considering forgiving somebody. Um, it might be eating you up. Um, you might be having some mental health issues at the moment. Um, you might be struggling financially. You know, I think uh, COVID has hit so many people so incredibly hard. You might be, you might be needing healing. Um, whatever it is that is your reality at the moment that you're experiencing that is contrary to what the promises of Jesus are. There's an invitation this morning just to fix your eyes on Him. Fix your eyes not as someone that is far off, but someone that is at the very center of your being. Somebody that has paid the most lavish, incredible price for your salvation, that you can become this brand new creation. And so I'm just trusting this morning that that realization that you can just fall back into His grace. Fall back into His nature. Okay. Everything that is in Jesus, that Jesus has, is inside of you. It's not something external. It's something that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you as you delve the depths with Him daily. And so I just wanted to ask you, whatever you're going through at the moment, where you need um, you need an encounter with the power of God where you just, you feel that assurance of His love. Just reach out to Him. Just close your eyes and just don't think about anybody else in the room right now. This is not, a, this is not an arm wrestle between good and bad. Jesus has defeated sin and death has completely separated you from sin. It no longer applies to you. That's how it's been cut off. The effects of sin on you and we don't live like that always because we, we think it's still got a grip on us but it doesn't. Otherwise Jesus' price that he paid on the cross would have been for nothing and he would have kept on having to come over and over and over. Fix your eyes on Him. As I said, not someone that's far off, but somebody that's inside of your very core. And in that place, say, Jesus, manifest yourself. Let His forgiveness just flow out of you because that's His nature. And His nature has become your nature. His DNA has become your DNA.
beautiful thing is that the Holy Spirit that can delve the depths of the mind of Christ knows every single part of who you are. If you can delve the depths of Christ, He delves the depths of you and there's nothing hidden from Him. And His arms are so wide and, um, and open and loving towards you this morning to counsel you to all of the fullness of God to help you unwrap all of the full these free gifts that have been freely given to us. Here my son, here my daughter, this is for you. Your healing it's for you. Your financial breakthrough you might not be experiencing it but it's here for you. get to enjoy his love and his his kindness when we're in prison like Paul or when the prison doors get busted open and he experiences his breakthrough the father is no less far off in either of those situations he's not close when the breakthrough comes and far off when you're in the prison he's with you through it all so Father, I just pray that your spirit would speak deep to the spirit of every single person here this morning. That there would be a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection, explosion, and an identification with that power that is inherent inside of us. We cannot be separated from that power. We cannot be separated from you. make that real now Spirit of God as you speak very specifically and individually to each one of our hearts